Good morning. Yeah, good to see you this morning. Hey, if you are first-time guests here, or if you're a first-time guest online, special welcome to you. We are so glad to have you here and have you join us here at Northern Hills. And my guess is that most people here, at some point in your life, you've bought something that you've had to assemble and have to put together. Um, when I think about it, most often it's probably like mostly during like Christmas time. You can think for sure you, if you have an artificial tree, you got to put that together. But my guess is that at some point, if you've had kids especially, you've gotten that toy, right? And you've had to put it together. You didn't realize it when you bought it, but then you got it and you opened up the, the box and you poured out all the pieces and you're like, oh my goodness. And then you pull out the instruction booklet and it has like 20 pages of notes and things for how to put this together. And you're like, well, I think I know how I'm going to be spending the rest of my Christmas day, right? Putting all of this toy together and getting it ready. Maybe if you've never done that, you've, you've bought ready-to-assemble furniture like a, from like a place like Ikea and gotten together. Husbands, how many of you wives have gone to Ikea and come home and said, here, put this together for me. Good luck. You know, kind of walked away. And that's probably a few of you have done that as well. I know that I recently I got um, uh, a piece, a couple pieces of furniture from Ikea. Uh, Terry was, um, I built a tabletop in for her desk in her office. And we picked up uh, a sawhorse and then a, a cabinet that had some drawers and stuff in it to put together. And I don't know about you, but um, how many really love Ikea's instructions? Yeah, I mean, they're, they are brutal. I didn't know that pictures could be in a different language, but sometimes it feels like I'm reading a different language and I'm going through their pictures and trying to figure out how the heck to put this thing together. I was putting it together, and I'm actually a pretty good DIY type of guy. And so I was putting it together, and I got through some. I'm like, this piece doesn't work. It doesn't even fit in here. There's no way that I'll, the drawers will work when, if I put this piece in here. So I'm like trying to figure out. I got it all put together. I, I put it all. I said, here, honey, it's all done. Look it. There you go. And then I looked down and saw all the other pieces that were left. And you guys done that too, yeah. So it's like, you look at those things, you're like, I don't know. So I just grabbed it really quietly, threw them away. And it's all working good so far. So I think, I think we're good and we're golden with it. But you, sometimes you'll get those things. You'll either get that or maybe you've gotten up something or you pick something up and there's been no instructions. And now you're like, oh my goodness, how is this going to even happen? There's no way we're even going to get this done. But every once in a while, you find that item that they just nail it. And recently, we got a headboard for uh, Jake's bed, and we were putting that together. And, and they're not that complicated anyway, but the instructions were so perfect in this. Every item was, uh, was identified, and, and you knew as you looked through the, different, the plan, the kind of instructions for everything, you knew where every piece went. You knew how everything was going to screw together. And then here's the cool thing. You also knew where all, they were, all the parts were labeled, all the materials, but they actually had these little things, little screws in the middle, and it said extra screws. Like, that is brilliant. First of all, when they provide you an extra screw, and then they tell you that they provide you an extra screw. So you don't get to the end and you go, I don't know if I'm supposed to have this in there or not. But the fact that they labeled it. So sometimes people, they just absolutely nail it. But instructions are important. Life instructions, instructions when it comes to our finances and all those things, a plan when it comes to that is really important. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we dive in a little bit further. But last week, Brandon started off our series called Enough Already about this whole idea and this concept of having enough. We talk about it in America, how we're so caught up in this affluenza and the, the credititis idea, this idea of wanting more and needing more and having more and more and more. And the pursuit of more has led people down the road that they get to a spot where they are one step away from financial disaster. And you put on top of all of that 
the pandemic of this last year, and the situation gets even worse. I was doing some research and, and came upon a study um, this last week that was done at the end of 2020, and it showed that 63% of the respondents had been living paycheck to paycheck since the pandemic. That's a big number. And what, what was even crazier was that 47% of those were already living paycheck to paycheck prior to the pandemic. So yeah, the pandemic, the pandemic made things worse, but man, it's already about half of the people were already living in page, on a paycheck to paycheck in a really tough situation. Some of the other stats from the studies were that, that one third of the people in the studies opened up a new credit card since the pandemic. And 27% of them accumulated more than $10,000 in new debt. There's also a significant lack of savings. 67% regret not having enough emergency savings before the pandemic hit. And they realized that now if if they were to have a surprise $500 expense, 82% of them would not be able to afford that expense. So what would they do? Well, they'd have to charge it. And we get back in that rhythm of things that just being harder and harder. Well, maybe you're not in this group. Maybe you are sitting where you're at right now and you find yourself in a pretty good place. But I guess the question I have for most of us and really all of us today is, are you making the most of everything that you have? Are you making the most of everything that you have? Or do you find yourself even at times being wasteful because you can afford to? No matter if you're living paycheck to paycheck or if you're feeling you're, like you're in a pretty good place financially, one of the most important things that we can do when, we, when it comes to our money is to be intentional about it, to give money a purpose in our lives. I think going through a pandemic or going through hard times makes this even more and more evident in our lives, doesn't it? But see, here's the deal. I don't think a majority of people really want to waste money, but I think we end up doing it. Please hear me in this. I'm not talking about being miserly about everything. I'm not, but I'm being, talk about being intentional and giving money a purpose, living with a purpose. You know, we all are probably going to waste money at, at some point, at least from what it looks like from somebody else, we're going to be wasting it. And this may sound weird, but, but wasting money on purpose, if you do it on purpose, at least you know you're doing it, right? We'll, we'll talk about that more here in just a little bit. But the problem is, the problem is that most of us don't have the capacity to waste money. There's a story in the Bible. It's called the prodigal son. Many of you probably have, are familiar with it. A lot of that times that story is used to illustrate the return of the son that, that had left. And, and his father has seen him return and, and throws this big party to the celebration, much to the chagrin of the, the son who stuck around, right? But you know what the word, word, uh, the, the word prodigal means? I think many times, I know for me, even many others, think that it means the one who returns or, or the one who was lost but now is found. But the word prodigal literally means the one who wastes money. The one who wastes money. The story is literally about the son who wasted his money. Today, I want to focus on that story and at least the beginning part of it to illustrate a concept today. If you want to have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 15. We're going to start at verse 11. If you need Bibles here, we've got some Bibles in the back. And if you're online and you would like a Bible, man, we want to encourage you to let us know. We'd love to be able to send one out to you so you can get one. All right, starting in verse 11. It says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told him this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Pause here just a second. I told my son, you ever say that to me, you are in big trouble because you're going to be gone. Right, but that's not what this dad did. So the father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. 
A few days later, the younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. There he wasted all his money in wild living. The prodigal son strikes. I'm sure he had fun doing it, but all of it was gone. And then what happened after that? Not a pandemic, but, put, but close. A famine struck. Verse 14. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the field to feed the pigs. Now listen to how low the son finds himself. Verse 16, the young man became so hungry that even the pods that he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. The prodigal son, if he would have stayed at home, I'm guessing he would have been in a pretty good situation. He would probably had enough. He probably would have been set for the rest of his life, but he didn't want to. He didn't want to wait. He wanted instant gratification. He wasn't thinking about the future. He was all thinking about the here and now. He had no plan no purpose, just to get what he could get while the getting was hot. It sounds like he had plenty at some point, but he wasted it, and now he was left with nothing. How many of us have a prodigal part to our story? See, I think the reality is we all have the potential to waste money. You may have plenty, and you may not have to worry about your finances, or you might be totally strapped and really good at being as frugal as possible, and you still have the potential to waste money. See, there's many different ways we waste money, isn't there? I mean, one of the ways is through impulse purchases. Buying stuff we don't need. Brandon talked a little bit about this last week. Has that ever happened to any of you guys? I'm sure not. But I know for me that there's times I'm usually pretty good at with my money. I'm usually pretty intentional, pretty planned out. But every once in a while, I'll go someplace and we'll say, hey, let's just go walk around the outlet malls. Okay, that's a mistake because I usually go into Nike and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to have that and I got to have that. I got to have that. So I wasn't planning on doing it. I didn't want to do it, but I saw it and I'm like, oh, now I really want to have that. Or maybe your impulse purchase was buying something because it was on, a, on sale. You know, you see that pair of shoes, and you see that shirt, and you're like, man, I need it. This is too good to pass up. How can I not get that, right? My wife, she's really, really good at, at shopping. She's, a, she's very good with money, um, I like to, but I like to give her a little bit of grief in here. She'll, she'll find things on sale, and she said, man, just look at how much money that I saved you. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, how, look at this. How, how crazy is that? I can't believe that because my checking, ha- or my checking account has less in it than it did before. I can't believe with all that money you saved, I have less. How did that happen, right? But I think we all do this, don't we? We all do that. We think the sale is too good to pass up. We'd be losing money if we didn't buy it, right? But then we get it and we realize that we don't use it. We don't wear it. Maybe we don't even really like it. Sometimes we just buy dumb stuff. Reminds me of a Steve Martin quote. Not sure if you heard this one before. But this is what he said. He goes, I love money. I love everything about it. I bought some pretty good stuff. Got me a pair of $300 socks. I got a fur sink, an electric dog polisher, a gasoline-powered turtleneck sweater. And of course, I bought some dumb stuff too. I'm like, yeah, we all buy some dumb stuff. See, there's plenty of ways that we waste money as well as, as, as these. I mean, we, if we eat out all the time or if we buy a coffee every single day, and I'm not saying that it's a waste to go out to eat. And I'm not saying it's a waste to go get a coffee, but we need to understand that there's little ways that we waste money all the time. And every dollar that we waste is a dollar that we could be used for something more meaningful, something that would have a lasting impact. One of the ways to stop wasting money, one of the best ways to do that is to 
and, and, and stop buying dumb stuff is to give money a purpose. Another way that I love to talk about it, and I love this just a really simple way, is to give every dollar a job. So when, when you get paid and, and the dollars come in, you assign it, you tell it what to do. Okay, this, this dollar is going to go pay for a mortgage. This dollar is going to pay for food. This dollar is going to go out for coffee. This dollar is going to go have some fun. My wife and I, we have in our budget called, um, there's areas called his and her fund. So we have put money each month in the his and her part of the fund. And so I can't complain about the things and tell her she's buying dumb stuff because it's in her budget. She can buy whatever she wants to in that. And it's freed up so many things and caused so much less conflict because I'm like, why are you buying that? And she says, well, why did you buy that? I'm like, okay, good point. And so we don't have to worry about that anymore. We can still buy our dumb stuff, but we are intentional about what it is. I know many of you probably even heard, tuned out when you heard me start talking about the budget. You're like, don't like that word. I don't like the word budget. And sometimes it has such a a negative connotation. But what if we just called it a spending plan? I mean, we like to plan, right? I mean, we like to plan for vacations. We like to plan for different things. But but this is just giving a plan and giving your dollars a job. That's truly what it is. Because if you don't keep track of where your money goes, you'll end up wasting it. It will disappear. I don't know if this ever happened to you, but I can remember back early in our marriage, um, before we even really got into budgeting and really being intentional about things, we would have some extra money come in. Maybe it was through a, a tax return or, or maybe it was through a, a bonus at work. And whatever we, we do, we'd put it into the checking account. And then inevitably, two weeks later, we're like, where did all that money go? It's like, we just disappeared. Like it just, like, I think all of a sudden you get something, you're like, ooh, I got a little bit of money. And then you just start spending it and then it's gone. Maybe some of you recently had that experience with the stimulus checks that have been passed out. I'm not going to ask for any responses. Don't raise any hands here. But let me ask you some questions around, around that. What did you do with your stimulus check? Did you spend it on something that you wanted? Maybe something that you needed? Okay, that's good. Did you pay off a bill? Maybe that worked out really well. Maybe you put it into savings to help you get out of the paycheck to paycheck cycle so you can get ahead of things. How many of you gave to a charitable organization? How many of you don't really know for sure where it went? You're hoping that it's just still there. You know, hey, just keeping that balance above zero. There's nothing wrong with spending that money, especially if you have a plan in place and that money went to help achieve that plan. Proverbs has all kinds of great wisdom when it comes to things to do with our finances. Proverbs 21.5 says this, If you plan and work hard, you will have plenty. If you get in a hurry, you'll end up I think all of us want to live a life of plenty, don't we? I mean, just, but just like the prodigal son, we get in a hurry and we want to get what we want. We make impulse purchases. We, just, we buy things because they're just on sale. We spend as retail therapy just to help us feel a little bit better. That is until we get the credit card bill. And then we're like, oh, why did I do that? If you plan and work hard, you'll have plenty. It's in our planning to where we give money a purpose. And to understand what purpose we need to give money, we first need to understand our own purpose in our life. That's one of the things that's so key. We talk about it in our mission statement here at Northern Hills, that our mission is to help people encounter the real love of Jesus, but then also to discover their real purpose and become bold agents of real change. This whole idea of real purpose is so important. It's something that we all need to... There's probably some point in our lives that you've asked yourself that question, what is my purpose? What's my purpose? And knowing your purpose can have a huge impact on what purpose you give to your money. See, your purpose drives what you value, and what you value 
drives what you do with the money that you've been given. It's been said that two things can determine what a person really cares about. Their calendar and their bank account. Just think about that for a little bit. How you spend your time and and how you spend your money shows a lot about what you value and what you see as your purpose. If you were to take a look at your bank statement, what would it say about what you value? My kids, and one of the things that I've done with each of them as they've grown up and been in high school and they've gotten their first job, we've gone and we've opened up a bank account and, and we've, we've had them be able to, to get their money, start putting their money in it. And, and beyond just the necessities of life, we've had them start paying for different pieces of it. So if they wanted to, to go out and, and spend some time with some friends and maybe go out to eat or, or they wanted to go shopping and buy something or they wanted just to, to save up for whatever that was, we, we'd allow them to do what they wanted to do with that money. So at least for the, the first, you know, maybe month or so. And then they get to sit down and they get to have a budget conversation with me. So much fun. I know you guys are like so jealous. You're like, man, I wish I had grew up in that family, right? Yeah. But looking at those things and like, yes, I'm a nerd and, and that's something I get to do. So I sit down with them and walk down through different things. But it's so eye-opening. It's so crazy to see them first time import all their transactions. I, I use a program called You Need a Budget. And I have them import all the transactions that they had for that last month or so. And they, they put them on there, and I say, okay, now categorize each one of those transactions in a, in a space for you. So if you have fun money, if you have entertainment, you have food, whatever it is that they, they want to put it in. So they, they go through, and they start putting it in all the categories. And then they sit back, and they look at those, and they look at where every, all their, their dollars went, and they're like, oh, my goodness, I spent that much money on eating out? Are you kidding me? And I'm like, mm-hmm, there you go. But it's so eye-opening for them, because then we sit down, and we say, okay, now... Let's give every dollar a job. Let's give it a purpose. Let's put a plan together for your next month so that you can be intentional. So you can say, hey, if I want to spend $30 on food, I can spend $30 on food. I know that I can go out to eat. Whatever that looks like. So sitting down and doing that, it's been amazing to see. If they want to go to Starbucks, they can go to Starbucks. If they want to buy new clothes, they can. But now they're planning to do it, and they're giving their dollars a purpose. If you were to do this exercise, what would your eye-opening part be? What would that look like to you? See, God's desire for us is to be good stewards of the resources that he gives us. And one of those resources is the money that he's given us. All that we have has been given by God. God is the owner, and we are the managers. His desire for us is to discover his purpose for our life and how we live that out through how we manage the money that he's given us. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. If you want your plan to prevail, you need to be about God's purpose. We can make all the plans in the world, but when his purpose lines up with our plans, that's how God will fulfill the desires of our heart. See, money, money is merely a tool to be used to accomplish the greater purposes that God has for our life. And our job is to give every dollar a job according to his purpose. All right, so how are we going to do this? And here's some, some things I'd like to recommend. First, if you don't have a budget, create budget, all right? Create a spending plan with purpose. Create a spending plan with purpose. And maybe you, you think, man, I've got plenty of money. I don't, I don't need to do that. Here, I would still want to encourage you to do that because you can still be purposeful even if you have a lot of money. And if you're married, man, I really want to encourage you to sit down together and to create this plan. It is vital that you be on the same page and that you both agree with what it is because when you make that plan together, you have much less 
conflict when it comes to money in your marriages. But really, it's about creating this whole idea of having a, a, a simple plan, you know, a simple plan together. And I'm just going to give you some, uh, some big buckets type of things of, of talking about some things. There's all kinds of details you can get into. There's all different resources. You can go to like uh, Dave Ramsey um, to uh, Financial Peace University, and they'll help you kind of put some things together. You can look online. You can get a program to help you do all those things. But really, I just want to give us a simple plan from a 50,000-foot view when it comes to our money. That if we put something together like this, it will help you in your finances. The first thing to do is to split your money up into three different buckets. The first bucket we're going to split it up into is your give bucket. And you may be thinking, of course, we're at church. You're going to talk about giving, right? I mean, that's important. Here's the thing. You don't have to give to Northern Hills. That's not the whole idea. This is not what this is about. But you need to find a place to give. You need to be a generous person because that's how God's economy works. You look throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, you see the generosity of people is evident, especially of God's people. And what that is, so it's so important to to make that number one priority, say, hey, I'm going to give back. I'm going to give some of what God has blessed me with to benefit his work in this kingdom. Again, doesn't have to be here. Know that he'll find some place to be able to, to give. So the first part we're going to do is we're going to give. Second part we're going to do is we're going to save. Someone's like, well, gosh, I would love to be able to do that, right? Because it's important. We want to get to the situation where you have, uh, the, I think, the 82% that weren't going to be able to afford a $500 expense. That's all about saving. It's all about us putting some money away so when the unexpected things come, we were expecting them. That's pretty brilliant, right? Being able to have some money to put aside and save. And then the last part, and here's the cool part. This is the bigger part of the bucket. Some money to live. What does that look like? We're going to have the money that we're going to live on. And so you can look at all different ways. You'll see and hear different descriptions of of what to do for here. You'll hear a 10-10-80 plan. You'll hear different people talk about different things. We're not going to get into the details of it, but here's the deal. Most people, majority of Americans, live out of this bucket with 110%. Okay, that's, that's impossible, right? But that's what we do because we get into the credit side where we're leaving over our expenses. The idea is to live on less than what we make so we have room for the others. What the, these amounts are, it's up to you. I mean, there's guidelines and things. We'll talk about some of the things a little bit later um, in, in the series. But man, really looking at it saying, man, first of all, I need to be able to separate that out. I need to live on less than I bring in. So you either have to make more money or spend less. And creating a spending plan will allow you to get it. Because the first step is to know where is my money even going? And where can I find room to cut back? So first step, creating a plan with purpose. The second thing for you to do is to create a legacy plan. Not only do you need to make a plan for your money and what you have today, you need to make a plan for when you're gone. Now, I know this is not a really, really fun thing for us to think about, right? Nobody wants to do this. Nobody wants to think about these, this area of our life. But it's so important for us to be good stewards of the, the resources that God's given us. Some of you may, may be thinking, well, gosh, you know, I don't really have much, so I don't really need to plan for my future. I don't need to have a will or a trust. I don't need any of that. See, here's the deal. If you have $5 or you have $5 million, you have an estate. And with that estate, there's much more that's involved than just your money. It's all of your personal items as well. And if you create a legacy plan, it helps you do other things like set up guardianship for kids. So if you've got little ones, opportunity for you to be able to do that. But without a plan, without a plan for when you're gone, somebody else is going to decide what to do with those resources. And they're going to take a portion of that. And often that's the state. I think if you really think about it, 
all of us don't want that to happen. We want our kids or our grandkids, we want our family to get as much as they can out of that. So it's really important for us to do that. But here's the thing. Here's a really good thing. To make things easier, we're partnered with an organization called Christian Financial Resources to give you a chance to complete your estate planning documents at no out-of-pocket cost to you. Um, it's, you can build together a, a will or a trust. Other, other um, healthcare documents all be part of, of putting this all together. And, and CFR has taught thousands of these, of these workshops. So really want to encourage you um, to be able to sign up for those things. There, you can go to nhills.org slash events. It's going to be on June 6th during our second service. A great opportunity. Um, there will be capacity limits, so I really want to encourage you, if that's something that interests you, go on and sign up right away um, so we can make sure that we've got a spot for you. But great opportunity for you to be able to sign up and to be able to help take some steps to create a legacy plan for the future. Well, why is this important? Why is this important? Well, let's come back to the story of the prodigal son. Where we left off, the prodigal son had lost his entire inheritance. He had spent it all. He'd wasted it all. He found himself in that place. He was so hungry that just even the food that he was feeding to the pigs, um, it all started to look good to him. Nobody would help him. He didn't know what to do. Luke 15, verse 20. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe into the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for the son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And so the party begins. When it comes to your personal finances, there may be some of you that feel like you're doing pretty good. Man, and that's absolutely awesome. But there may be others of you that have tried and tried and tried and tried to get on the right side of things and just continue to fall short. You've tried to live by the world's standards and you've tried to keep up with the Joneses and you've tried to keep up with appearances that everything is okay, everything's good, but you've been sinking further and further into debt. Your desire for more has outpaced your ability to earn more. You've tried to do things your way, but you realize it's just not working. Maybe you feel you've just absolutely blown it and it's too late to get out of what you've created and where you find yourself. And now you have nowhere to go. But you know what? Just like the prodigal son's father was waiting patiently for his son to return, God is waiting for you to come back home. He's asking you to trust him and to do finances God's way, to honor him first, realizing that he is our provider, that he is our enough already. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Financial freedom can be found when we align God's purpose with his provision in our life. Stop trying to do it your way and start trying to do it God's way. 
It's where you will find that financial freedom. It's where you will find hope for the future. And there's a reality that there's people in here that haven't even got to the spot of giving their life to Jesus yet. And you've tried to do things your way. Maybe try to figure out like how to, how to do life and, and take even steps. Maybe there's someone even online, the same place that, that you just, you've, you've, you've tried everything your way and as much as you try, you can't seem to find traction. You know what? I think God is providing an opportunity this moment right now for you to come back home. For you to say, I'm done trying to do things my way. Father, I want you to come into my life. I want you to be my Lord and my leader of my life. And I want to encourage you to do just that. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. I know that you went to the cross to die for my sins, that you rose again for the forgiveness of my sins so that you and I could be reunited, that we could be re- I could be re- reunited with the Father. And know that if that's the case, if you are in that place and you put your trust in him, no. The Holy Spirit will come into your life and will fill you up and you will be saved. And we do that. I give that opportunity each week to be able to have that opportunity to say, gosh, I'm done. I'm done trying to do it my way. And God, you are the provider of all things. I thank you for that. And as a follower of Jesus, We do things every once in a while to remember that death and resurrection, that sacrifice that Jesus made by having communion. If you're watching online and you haven't gathered communion elements um, yet, I want to tell you, go ahead and grab something. Grab a piece of bread and and maybe some juice or something to be able to take communion with us. For those of you in in person here, you have the the, um, little cups that have the wafers in them. Um, We encourage you to be able to participate with us in that. And Jesus gathered his disciples together and they, what they called the Last Supper, they were gathered around together in the upper room. And before the meal, he took a piece of bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this, take and eat and do this in remembrance of me. So if you have the t- piece of bread, let's go ahead and take that and eat that together. And after supper, Jesus came back up and he said, he had a glass of wine. He said, hey, this here, this represents my blood that was spilled out for the forgiveness of your sins. Take and drink and do this in remembrance of me. Let's drink. And he said, every time you eat of this bread, and you drink of this cup, you're declaring my death and resurrection until I return. And that's the awesome part of that is that we get to do that opportunity together to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for you and for me. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice that you have made for all of us, that we were so broken, that we were so far from deserving it, but that you took up the ultimate punishment. You lived a sinless life, but then you went to the cross, not for your sins, not because of anything that you did, but 
because of the things that we did. Father, I'm humbled at that fact. And Father, thank you for what you did. Not only that you gave up your life for the forgiveness of our sins, but Father, that you have provided us everything. God, that you are everything, that you are our provider. You are our enough already. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message. If you'd like to get involved here at Northern Hills, check out our website at inhills.org or download the Northern Hills app. We hope to see you again soon.